The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Let me open the program by welcoming our men and women in uniform who are joining us over the Internet today, and also new listeners on new affiliates in New York, Louisiana, Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, California, Nevada, and from coast to coast throughout all 50 states. Thank you for making us part of your news week and catapulting us to the number one independent news magazine in the country. In just a moment, the political strategist responsible for Bill Clinton's successful presidential bid and who many know as the Ragin' Cajun, Mr. James Carville, will be joining the program to help us understand why this year's race to the White House remains such a tight contest and give us some insights on his latest book titled, We're Still Right and They're Still Wrong. But before Mr. Carville joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Chester James Carville was born in Louisiana and earned his undergraduate and graduate degrees from Louisiana State University. Prior to entering the field of politics, Carville worked as a litigator, served in the U.S. Marines, and was also a teacher. It was Gus Wheel who opened the first advertising firm specializing in political campaigns in Louisiana who saw something special in Carville, and he was right. Carville was a driving force behind the gubernatorial triumphs of Robert Casey of Pennsylvania, Zen Miller of Georgia, Wallace Wilkinson of Kentucky, and Senators Frank Lautenberg and Harris Wolford of Pennsylvania, who incidentally was trailing behind Dick Thornburg by 40 points. In 1992, Carville led the strategy responsible for Bill Clinton's victory against George Bush, a campaign chronicled in the Academy Award-winning documentary, The War Room. Carville's work spans the globe. He has worked on the campaigns of Tony Blair, Gonzalo Sanchez, and Afghan presidential candidate Ashraf Ghani, to name just a few. And if you aren't familiar with his behind-the-scenes campaign work or best-selling books, then you know Carville from his commentary on CNN, NBC, Fox News, XM Radio, and other networks. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report a political strategist and commentator who has a winning streak others only envy, Mr. James Carville. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Carville. Well, thank you. I've heard of uh, guests that need no introduction. I think that's an introduction that needs no guests. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, thank I'm you. always afraid to interview you because I know you're, you're really quick. And I and I was telling my son this uh, as I was coming into the studio. I said I got to be on my toes today with Carville, otherwise it's no fun. <laughs> In just a moment, I I do want to talk about your book that you just released. But before we do, let me ask you a question that's really been eating at me: Why is this presidential race neck and neck? I mean, why do you think neither candidate's been able to break away from the other in a clear lead? Well, you know, generally. People don't break away in a clear lead in presidential races. So, I mean, if you look at, you know, 2000, it was, you know, razor thin. In 2004, it was like two and a half points. So 2008 was, was pretty big. 2012 was close to whole way. Uh, I mean, I think it's more typical that these elections would expect to be close than anybody would break away into a big lead. Uh, but I've never, I've never lead. experienced a, an election where the candidates were so far apart in style, demeanor, a policy. Uh, I, I mean, they're so polarized in terms of being opposites. You would think somebody'd pull into the lead, wouldn't you? Well, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I don't mean to be kind of redundant here, but it, it matters on election day. That's and, right. Uh, you know, I mean, it, you know, it, it, these 
the one pulled away. I mean, there's certainly a difference between Obama and Romney. Uh, you know, Trump is such a dominant kind of personality figure. You, you, you know, you'd think it'd break one way or the other. Uh, but if you polls right now, seem to show he's got a, a mild comeback uh, going on. But I, I, I think there's, you know, I think we're in the third inning here. We got three debates left. And, there's a lot of time. We can't get too impatient. It's only mid-September. Well, uh, that is wisdom's end experience speaking there. And the reason I ask the question is because, you know, Clinton gets generals and military leaders to support her, and then Trump gets 88 to sign a letter, and then Trump won't release his tax records, and then, you know, there's a she released her medical records today, but everybody was making right. a big deal about that, and then, then there were the donations to the Clinton Foundation. Now they're questioning right. the donations to, the Trump, to Trump's foundation. Right. It, right. it just goes back and forth like that. Well, I, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that uh, I would point out that, that, you know, I think that I find very frustrating. I mean, the Clinton Foundation gives, you know, $250 million to fight malaria. The Trump Foundation gives $25,000 to fight off an indictment, and we treat it like it's the same thing. It's not remotely the same thing. Uh, you know, I mean, Hillary Clinton's released 33 years of tax returns. Trump has released none. Yet, we, we have to say, well, they're both not transparent. I mean, it, it, you know, I, look, it, it's, it's a very, one level, it's a very frustrating thing to go through, but at the other level, you you, you just got to, you know, you got to sow your own and keep making these points. And I, I think, uh, you know, I think it, I think some of the stuff will start to, 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 to dig in and catch on here before long. I mean, it's just, it's just too much out there. That That's right. There is a lot out there. And for people like me, I've gone public and said, uh, I've never been undecided as I am uh, right now. I'm an independent and, uh, boy, I keep, you know, I, I change with the wind. Every time new information comes out, I, I think I'm leaning one way or another. Uh, and I was even leaning toward uh, Kerry Johnson and, until the Aleppo, Aleppo thing came up. And then I went, well, I'm not even sure that works uh, as, a, as a backup for me. But let me ask you this. Help us. Help the listeners today. What single issue, if you had to pick one, just one, should we focus on? Well, I mean, I can't tell, you know, if, if somebody has a, a, a ill parent, you, you're probably really worried about Medicare. <laughs> you know, if somebody has a, a child that's a, a soldier, you're probably worried about military policy or foreign policy. You, you have a kid in college, you're worried. You know, I mean, it, it, it's hard for me to say that this should be your cornerstone issue if you're a voter. I think if you look at one of the things you know about being president, it, it, it pays to have somebody that knows something, that is familiar with policy, familiar with the world, has a sort of knowledge, because you don't know for sure exactly what that president is going to have to deal with or not deal with. And I think you should also look at, I would say, look at recent history. Mm-hmm. Uh, look what presidents have sort of performed better. Uh, you know, we, we've had, uh, you know, we keep talking we're going to change this and that. We had 5.2% household income growth. We've got an unemployment rate of under 5% in this country. I mean, something, you know, not everything is great, but something's going pretty well. Well, that's what I uh, mean. And I think you've made the case in the past that Democrats aren't, aren't making their case very well. Well, I mean, this ought to be a pull away race, shouldn't it? it, it, it based well, on just the record. Start. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I agree. I think it should be, but I, you know, it's it's, you know, what they used to say in the Marine Corps: wish in one hand and spit in the other, and see what <laughs> fills up the past. It actually didn't say spit, but this is a family radio show. It is a family radio show, that. and I don't want to get fined yeah. today. <laughs> right, I know. So I'm not going to do anything like that. But you can imagine what it was. I, I uh, you know, there was a thing in Bloomberg today that under we talking about manufacturing jobs under the last. Seven Democratic presidents, we've gained manufacturing jobs. Under the last seven Republican presidents, we've lost on every one. And that was one of the points I put in the book. That does not, if, if you look at the records, you look at what, what the parties have done and what they espouse, there's not even a, there's not a close call. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand why it's a tight well, race then, other than they're not making their <laughs> case. I, I think we could make a better case. I agree. I, I, I agree. 
So why aren't you in there helping them make a better case and, and helping them get their get their sharpen their campaign a little bit? Well, I'm a college professor. I'll be 72 <laughs> years old on election day. It's time for some new boy. Oh I well, I, helped. I tried to show them. Oh, I'm not going to let you get away <laughs> with that age argument. Uh, I'm I'm pushing yeah. your age myself. We have to take our first break, but stay right where you are. We'll be right back with more from James Carville. You're listening to the Costa Report. In the opening of All Quiet on the Western Front, Eric Maria Remark wrote, This book is to be neither an accusation nor a confession, and least of all, an adventure. For death is not an adventure to those who stand face to face with it. It will simply try to tell of a generation of men who, even though they may have escaped its shells, were destroyed by the war. Today, Project Healing Waters offers men and women that have escaped the shells of war the opportunity to heal by teaching our returning veterans to fly fish in some of the most beautiful, tranquil rivers in our country. These natural surroundings have the ability to restore the human spirit, and with your help, Project Healing Waters is able to reach out to thousands of our men and women in the military every year. For information on how you can help, go to projecthealingwaters.org. Please give and give generously to those who have put their lives on the line for you. That's projecthealingwaters.org. Help those who have escaped the shells of war and need your help to come all the way back. If you listen to the news today, you might come away with the impression that our biggest challenges are political and economic. But if this were true, then countries which have different political and economic systems would be facing different problems. But they aren't. Every government and every nation is struggling with job creation, debt, immigration, climate change, terrorism, health care, energy, and wild swings in financial markets. So something else must be going on. That's why I'm inviting you to get a copy of The Watchman's Rattle, a book which shows how the Roman, Mayan, and Khmer empires once faced similar challenges and what we can do to avoid their fate. Visit RebeccaCosta.com today and get a copy of The Watchman's Rattle, because once you do, you'll never look at the world the same way. Talman's Construction reminds listeners, as we age, most of us want the comfort of staying in our own homes. The best way to age in place is to create the right structural environment in your home that provides safety, security, and peace of mind. The Talman's family of Talman's Construction has, for 30 years, offered integrity, style, and value on all types of home remodeling and specialize in adaptive remodeling projects, allowing you to stay in your home and neighborhood. Call 689-9133 for Talman's Construction. Paid for by No NZ. Stop the oil and gas shutdown. Major funding by Era Energy LLC and Chevron Corporation. Sometimes things aren't quite what they appear to be at first glance. That's the case with Measure Z, the energy shutdown measure on Monterey's November ballot. Monterey County has been safely producing oil under the most stringent environmental regulations in the world for nearly 70 years. But now a deceptive ballot measure could pull the plug on our long history of safe energy production. Experts say we'll lose nearly 1,000 good-paying jobs in Monterey, 1,000 people in the county out of work. And Measure Z will cause the county to lose nearly $200 million in economic output and will lose millions more in tax revenue for already underfunded local services, like our police and fire departments and our overcrowded schools. That's why the Monterey County Farm Bureau, the Monterey County Deputy Sheriff's Association, and the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of the Central Coast have all come together to urge you to vote no on the energy shutdown measure in November. It's always open house at the Mike Young Real Estate Hour, and you are always invited to walk right in and join the discussion. Hello, I am Mike Young, and I love talking real estate with all the experts and with you. So get a jump on the Real Estate Weekend every Friday, 7 p.m. on the Mike Young Real Estate Hour. Right here on Listen and Be Heard Radio KSCO. The Mike Young Real Estate Hour is brought to you by Thunderbird Real Estate, Real People Selling Real Estate, by Rick Williams at American Pacific Mortgage, and by Steve Manville at Farmers Insurance. Friday at 7. See you then. Welcome back to the Costa Report. 
I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is political strategist and commentator and author, Mr. James Carville, who has a new book out titled We're Still Right and They're Still Wrong. And before we went to break, uh, Mr. Carville, you were pointing out the fact that Income growth is up 5.2%. Well, we also are up in manufacturing jobs and on other metrics, like the number of people now covered by uh, health care insurance. And yet the Democratic Party has not been able to make a strong enough case to break the tie with Trump. Oh, yeah. But, you know, one of the things I think hopefully as we get closer to the election day, people will start focusing more. And I think that you know, they're perceptive. They're not going to hear the case unless somebody stands up and makes the case. You know, and, and makes the case about the things that they want to do, want to accomplish. And also, they have to make the case against Trump and what he stands for. So, I, I, I admit, yeah, I, I share a lot of people's frustration and kind of a slight bewilderment that the election is close, but. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of baseball left, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like you said, we're just in the third inning, and a lot happens right. in the third and fourth inning. That, right. You know, three yeah. presidential debates and vice presidential debate. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are just kind of reflexively for one party or another party. And they're going to vote. They've got lives, and, you know, get That's, back to school. And, and I think so. We just, I, mean, I mean, the time to, to, to you know, Get after it as now and to make your case and and get moving. It, it is a it is a little. I find it a, a little remarkable. They remain just close up. I, I kind of share your. Yeah, it's a little bewildering to me. A little little vexing, I guess. Yeah, well, someone's (laughs) got to make the case, and they got to. They're going to have to start to get their acts together right now because we we are going to eventually run out of time. You were one of the powerhouses behind Bill Clinton's victory, largely owing to keep keeping his campaign team really focused on three things, and I I think those three things were you know that people want change rather than more of the same. They're interested in the economy, and lastly, don't forget health care. Do you think these still hold true in uh, the election this year, or has security taken up the health care spot, you think? Well, I, you know, I think, you know, given the events of 9-11, you know, people are, you know, security is something that, that, that people think about a, a little bit more. I, I, I would agree with that. But, you know, health care, you know, the health aging population is still enormous issue in American politics. Uh, yeah, I'm having a little trouble hearing you. I don't you know said, if it's the cell phone. There you go. There we go. I can yeah. hear me now. But, yeah, uh, much better. I, I said, that, you know, with, 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 you know, security events, people are sort of looking at that somewhat more because of 9-11. We're seeing the Soviet Union had just fallen in 92, so it, it, it probably was a time with a little bit less. But, you know, politics changes. Nothing stays the same. Do you think the list is about the same? Would you would you stand by that list? People want change. They're in, it's the economy, stupid, and don't forget health care. You think that's a pretty well, look, good people, list? First of all, people people yes, people want change, but I mean, some people want change at the presidential level. Some people want change at the congressional level. Change is a is a word can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Right. And, and we had had uh, in 1992 we we had had 12 years. Of the Republicans, so people were a little bit more restless. It's been eight years of, of, of Democratic rule, and I think that one of the challenges that Hillary Clinton has is she's got to talk about how her, how the things that she wants to change, or the things that she wants to do, or the, what what she considers the great unfinished work of the country. And I think that's the, the trick in this election. And you know, also change as a word can can mean a lot. As I said, a lot of different things to a lot of people. And what kind of change? You, you, you want to do something about immigration? Well, sure. Do you want to build a wall? Well, I don't know about that. You want to, you, you want to do something about trade? That seems like a good idea. Do you want to slap a 35% tariff on everything coming in the country? That doesn't seem like a good idea. Uh, you, you know, do you, do you want some changes in, in, in American foreign policy? Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Do you want to embrace Vladimir Putin? Well, no, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Uh, are you concerned about nuclear proliferation? Sure. You want to? Do you want to give nuclear weapons to South Korea and Japan? No, I'm not too sure about that. I mean, so you got to be. You have to go through it, and if you just let the conversation into to change, do, do you think we ought to change the way that the Congress operates? I mean, well, it, this it brings up a good point. Things. 
I mean, because I think, you know, obviously, uh, it's not even what I think. Obviously, you were spot on about your list of three items in Bill Clinton's uh, campaign, or he wouldn't have won. You focused that campaign on these three items. So right now, what I'm trying to understand is, is it's very difficult. It's tricky for Clinton to focus on the issue of change because, you know, she's getting nailed with it's a continuation of Obama's well, that's it. That's you know, right. plan. In 1992, we were to change party. We were coming in. But, but incumbent yeah. parties win elections. And I think she's got, what she needs to do better is talk about the things that she wants to do. Do you think it's dangerous for her to talk about things she wants to do that are different from Obama's policies? Or would that help her? No, I mean, it, 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 I mean look, she doesn't, want, she doesn't want as much change as Trump does. Yeah. Again, that, that's a given. Do you, is, that, is, it, and also, is that really the change you want? Do you want, do you want to spend you know, $30 billion on a wall? Uh, do you want thirty five you want everything that you every foreign good you buy to increase in price by thirty five percent? I don't think so. In 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 I think what at the end of the day that she has definitive ideas how we can help shape a better country and she can talk about those more. So you're saying that you, you believe that she should frame it up as uh I understand you want change, but let's talk about what kind of change. Do you want A or you want B? And be specific. Right. Be specific yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, look, you know, I, I want change. I want I want to make college more affordable and more accessible to people. I want to give. I want you know. I want to give the people that they the tool. We don't do a good enough job in giving people the tools that they need to succeed in a modern economy. That's one of the things. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm pushing for a, a, a plan of college. You know, tuition to afford this. I, I, I think one of the things that we can change. I think we have crumbling infrastructure in this country. There's no doubt about that. I think we can we build do. better, better roads, build highways. We can we can build better airports. We can have broadband. We can do a lot of that kind of stuff. We can put people to work. Right. So those so things they, need yeah, to be done. Go, right. So you can you, you can you know we we still have you know we've we've done a, a better job on giving people access to health care. We still have people that don't have access. I'm, I don't like. When these drug companies are charging people five hundred dollars for this anti-shock medication, we can we can do better than that. That's fine. You, there's a hundred things you can talk about changing, but, right? But you, you you can't you know think about the things that you want to change and how you want to change them. Yeah, uh, and I, I think also when you talk about change. You know, it's it's not change for specific vertical demographic groups. It's change for the greater good. I think that's what really resonates is setting the bar higher, not lower. Right. And, and you know, the one thing that if you ask yourself, you know, are you better off today than you were eight years ago? Well, yeah, we kind of are. Yeah, well, <laughs> we weren't doing very well. Well, that gets back to the Democrats making that case. And uh, as I said, you know, they need to make it. Uh, we've got to talk about your book. So just hang on. We're going to pick that up as soon as we come back from these important messages. You're listening to the Costa Report. And stay tuned. It's a great book. Biodiversity is the very fabric of our lives. It is everything around us, all of nature. But human impact is diminishing biodiversity at an alarming rate. And because of that, the intricate web of biodiversity is unraveling in ways we don't fully understand, and our world is becoming less resilient. That's why we are biodiversity advocates. We're the E.O. Wilson Biodiversity Foundation. Guided by the greatest living naturalist, E.O. Wilson, we champion research and education that expands our understanding of biodiversity and informs worldwide conservation efforts. The E.O. Wilson Biodiversity Foundation is building a movement of environmental stewards like you who share our sense of responsibility for the living world that is our home. Join us in our quest to protect biodiversity, the fabric of our lives. Visit eowilsonfoundation.org. Excitement's in the air. Family fun for everyone. The Santa Cruz County Fair. 
This year's theme, cows, plows, and oh wows, is everywhere you look. Walk through the buildings to see the best from youth groups and seniors alike. Stroll the animal barns where 4-H and FFA pride shines. Catch the best kids state show ever, Twinkle Time. Ride a camel, bungee jump, walk on water, and laugh out loud with master hypnotist Michael Mesmer. Then tonight at 7.30 on the main amphitheater stage, the fair is pleased to share a very special night with country music artist Mickey Guyton. Details at SantaCruzCountyFair.com. The Santa Cruz County Fair, now through Sunday at the fairgrounds on Highway 152 between Hecker Pass and the Bay. I'm Casey Lucius, and I'm running for Congress. Tolerance, respect, compassion. These are the values I hold dear. Yet they are the same values being steamrolled by the political machine and cherry-picked by government. Social justice should not be a political tool. Equal rights should not be a lightning rod for political debate. In America, no political party, no government agency, no media outlet, and no politician owns the rights to these issues. They are not political issues. They are human issues. I'm Casey Lucius. I support equal pay for equal work. I support a woman's right to make her own health care choices. I support marriage equality. We need more tolerance and less judgment in this world. In Congress, I will work to dig us out of the old political trenches that are getting us nowhere. I will be a leader who empowers all of our families here on the Central Coast. I'm Casey Lucius, and I approve this message. Happy Dog Hot Dogs, a local favorite and Santa Cruz's only bright red hot dog cart located at the corner of River Street in Josephine. Serving the best and freshest locally made gourmet sausages from Los Gatos Smokehouse and Coralitos Market. With over 25 different toppings to choose from, it's guaranteed fun in a bun. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 2. Go buy today. Happy Dog Hot Dogs and have fun in a bun. Hi, I'm Leslie Peterson, a member of Twin Lakes Church Choir. Our Christmas concert productions have been a community event for years. We've been invited to sing at the Vatican II and for the Pope. We would love your support by coming to our fundraiser September 18th from 4 to 9 p.m. at Aptos Village Park. We have over $10,000 in auction items, dinner, and dancing. Go to singingatthevatican.com to see details or call me at 831-431-7774. Back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us today, my guest is James Carville, and we are going to be talking about his new book titled We're Still Right and They're Still Wrong. So tell us about the book. Well, I did a book 20 years ago and went to statistics at under Democratic and Republican administrations and discovered that, lo and behold, there was a huge difference in performance since that time. You know, we've had two successful Democratic presidents and one successful and one unsuccessful Republican president. So, I mean, I think it's something heading into election year that, you know, that there are people that, you know, buy stock based on past performance that people that, uh, you know, look at, look at, go to the horse races. They, they, they bet on horses based on past performance. There are people that, that look up grades of physicians or attorneys based on how they did. So I think a, 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 a informed political consumers should have access to information that contrasts the record of the two political parties when they've been, when they've, you know, enjoyed the privilege of leading the country. And that's what I did. And, uh, you know, and it, I went through a, a number of issues that I think are relevant to people that they should look at and gave them all of them with the information. Now, see, I think in your book you made the case, <laughs> the case we've been talking about that the Clinton campaign isn't making. They need to start taking well, excerpts out of your book. <laughs> That's why I wrote it. I'm the, trying to keep the secret from them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a practically a playbook, isn't it? Well, I, that, that's kind of why why I, why I wrote it, and you know, for for the campaigns of people or anyone that goes and you know, the people argue with you, and most people don't have the time to accumulate these facts, and that that's one of the things that I I, I did. I, I hope hopefully it'll have some impact. I mean, it's having some people 
you know, calling me all the time and emailing me and saying, well, gee, I didn't know this. And I said, well, that's why I wrote it. I know you didn't know it. <laughs> now, I have a real good friend of mine. Yeah, I have a good friend of mine, Eric Schmidt, who runs Google. And uh, and he's he's worried that we're moving toward a post-factual world. That's a big fear. A lot of people feel that way. That's why I opened the, the, the book with the story of the guy Berkeley that doubted facts and went out and raised his own money and studied it and came up and decided, hey, guess what? The earth is getting warmer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and It is, and that, that always exactly bothers me. I don't want to have an argument about whether the earth is getting warmer. The, the, the fair fight is how much humans are contributing oh, to that. Now, that's yeah, a fair you fight. That, 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 it's, it's really, it, it, it's... It, it, yeah, it, it's it, whether it's everything, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a and lot, but, very, but, what, it's but even if it's 5%, middle. you know, I tell people, no, not, look, I don't want to argue it's, it's that not, it's 100%, it's but we well, know we're contributing. It's, right. Yeah, it's not 5%. I, but we don't, don't know how much. Price. Yeah, but we don't know how much. But, and but scientists, it, and that's fair. It's fair to disagree about how much. You know, there's really... What Mueller would tell you, and the scientists would say, we have looked at every possible alternative. And the only one that makes any sense is the amount of, of, of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. We know for a fact, for an absolute fact, and we knew this in, in, in the, the, the 19th century, that greenhouse gases trap heat. We also know that the worse is getting warmer and the number of greenhouse gases that are being emitted or have gone up a lot. We know that. There's not, that's not, that's an absolute total fact. And, and one of the things I talked about in the book, and Mueller did, that every explanation that has come up other than this does not, doesn't hold water. This is the, the, the graph between the rise in temperatures and the rise in the emissions of, of, uh, of these gas traps is almost in perfect harmony. I mean, yes, we, we know but, that. I, I but mean, listen, not... I the last thing I would ever want to do in my life is try to pick a fight with James Carville because well, no, that, that is not this, that right. is I'm not just, my I'm goal not, I'm not, ever. I'm not trying to pick a fight. I'm no, I'm just saying, I just want to. Yeah. I need to add in here that there are times when the Earth has warmed. We've got you know records, geological records, when the Earth has warmed, and it hasn't been a result of greenhouse <laughs> gases. So it's, it's the balance of the two. Fun. No, it's it's not. You know, I, I really there's really very little debate about whether we're warming. Are, yes. No, 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 no. There's very little debate about the humans are causing it. That remarkably little, and every piece of evidence that we get is it confirms it. Again, we know that this traps heat. We know we're getting warmer, and we know there's more than atmosphere. And usually when you, yeah. you but I'm not, you'd have to talk to, you should get Mueller or some other phone. When Earth gets warmer, it's over thousands of years. Yes, that's correct. And this, this is too fast. This has happened, this has happened yes. like instantly. This is not a glacier where 10,000 years the glacier comes through and then another 100,000 years the glacier melts. That is this correct, is and that is a, that is a fast. fact we cannot argue. It's net, we don't have any historical records it's occurred this quickly. That is right. correct. Right. right. Yes. Yeah, so, but, but these issues are complicated. You know, we're just talking about uh, climate change, but, you know, add to that a 75,000 page tax code that lets General Electric pay no taxes. I mean, you add health care in that. These are complicated issues. So I got to ask you. I got to ask you. Well, our, our, you know, when you get into complicated issues like this, is it really fair to say someone is wrong? Can can I ask you to be nice and say that maybe they're underinformed or they haven't read the data right? Do they have to be wrong? I don't know know that somebody, I don't have any, all I I know is this, that the economy didn't collapse under Obamacare. I know this, that that, that when, when, you know, we we didn't debate, the dollar is not debased. I do know this, that, that none of the, that Ebola didn't kill us all. I do know there were no weapons of mass destruction in That's Iraq. That's correct. I do know that those are facts. Didn't have anything to do with nine eleven. I do know that Terry Schiavo was essentially a, a brain dead. I do know that these things happened. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, I'm you're sorry, stating facts. They, 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 I'm just saying. Yeah, I do know that the stock market 
has, has, you know, more than doubled since Obama's been president. I do know what the growth rates are. I do know what unemployment is. I do know that the deficit has dropped as a percent of GDP in the last four years, greater than any other period since World War II. I mean, there's some things we do know. We just say, well, it's good. I don't know if, if the, you know, how you repatriate money from overseas. I don't know what the result of that is. I do know that we passed this, this consumer protection thing in Wells Fargo. They had to get rid of 5,300 people because they were creating accounts for people that didn't exist. I, I know these things. Yes. But yes, and and you and you make a point. I want to. I really want to talk about this book okay, because I, 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 we are really out of time. Here. Well, sorry, I just want to add this I, one thing. I do right. know that you stick to the facts in this book, and uh, and you know this is not just a ranting, raving uh, book. I, I that's why right. I thought the title. The title makes it seem very polarizing, but I think if people. No matter you know how they feel about your political uh, beliefs or their political beliefs, if they read the book, they'll be armed with facts that they don't have today, and that's why right. I was kind of you know I was kind of put off by the title to be honest with you because I think that people that need to read it and get those facts may not read it because of that. Do you, do you have Maybe any you concerns? You know Did you have any I concerns guess, about guess, that? I think, I, think, I think that's a legitimate point to make. Uh, it, the book was kind of designed for. You know, people who are probably inclined to think like I do because I was trying to give them the facts. But, you know, and I'm always interested in counterfacts. And if, if, if you know, if there's something somebody wants to add to it or something, I'm, I mean, I've done a, a bunch of interviews. And, but I, I just think that there's just been a remarkable, it, I think it was Paul Krugman or somebody said, you know, facts have a well known liberal bias. I mean, sometimes you just can't help it. Some things are just something. Well, you remember what Alan Greenspan said, which I think, you know, ought to be the opening to your book, which, you know, he he had that famous quote where he said, you're entitled to your opinions, but not your facts, which is why I make the point. My, you know, because we have a mixed audience that listens to this right. program, right? We have we have a huge independent following, and most of those guys are still undecided on the election. And so I want to talk to them specifically and say to them, get a hold of this book so that you are armed with the facts. And I know you've got to run, but uh, let me thank you for making the time to be with us, James. Thank you. We have to take our final intermission, but stay tuned. You're listening to the Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, recent winners of the best sparkling wine in the U.S. in the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championship. Congratulations, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So what is it about your Brut Cuvée that beat all the other competitors around the world? We really focus on creating an expression of the Santa Lucia Highlands and doing it the right way. And when you control the process from the beginning to the end and you have talent like Michelle and top-tier grapes, they really shine through. This was a worldwide competition. It was definitely a humbling experience. We were in a room with producers that have been making wine for over 100, 200 years and was a huge honor to have Tom Stevenson give us the best U.S. Sparkling Wine Award. We fared really well overall. We had three wines win best of class, which was great. Visit the Caraccioli Tasting Room on Dolores Street in Carmel by the Sea, or find us online at caracciolicellars.com, or reach us by phone, 831-622-7722. Big data is changing the way organizations work. From data-driven marketing and ad targeting to the connected car, big data is fueling product innovation and new revenue opportunities. It's creating a culture in which business and IT leaders join forces to realize value from all data. They infuse analytics everywhere and make speed a differentiator, gaining competitive advantage from faster, more informed decisions. Leading organizations are creating new business models, developing new roles, and defining new big data architectures, including an infrastructure that can manage and process exploding volumes of structured and unstructured data, in motion as well as at rest, while protecting data privacy and security. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash big data today. Is your computer running real slow like this? 
Or are you getting the blue screen of death? Do you have to do a restart several times a session? Tired of viruses, spyware, malware, and slow, worthless tech support? Face it, it's too late to download another free PC fix-it program, thinking it'll be restored to out-of-box purity. Oh, no, 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 no. You need the fast, friendly computer pros at User-Friendly Computing. Just drop it off at their office at 505 River Street across from the Gateway Plaza or give them a call at 831-423-9653 and they'll come to you. Mention KSCO and get a free $50 diagnostic. PC or Mac, desktop or laptop, they can do it all at user-friendly computing. Call 831-423-9653. Cash flows and money move. The Money Moves Show is dedicated to delivering tips and tools to help you earn more, save more, and protect your hard-earned assets. Host Pamela Fugit-Hetrick interacts with her guests and callers every Thursday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Recent topics have included what is going on locally with health insurance, tips to maximize your Social Security income, how do you build an emergency fund for your family, Medicare 101 tips, how do you choose and pay for home health care, and many other topics. So tune in, take notes, call and get answers to your financial questions from Pamela Fugit-Hedrick on Money Moves, Thursdays at 7 p.m. That's Money Moves, Thursdays. Is 7 p.m. on KSCO AM 1080 Santa Cruz and KOMY 1340 Watsonville and 104.1 on your FM dial. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa and James Carville had to leave us a little bit early. So uh, I want to take this opportunity to say a few words about our conversation today. Uh, whether you agree with Carville or not uh, on the on his political point of view, I think we can all agree that he is never dull or ambiguous, <laughs> and he as quick uh, he is as quick with a clever comeback as we sometimes wish our candidates would be. Uh, If you're a regular listener of this program, you know that we invite guests from every point of view. They are all welcome, and we treat them all with equal respect. Uh, This week, it was James Carville. Last week, we spoke with General Michael Flynn. The week before, the reporter who broke the Edward Snowden story, Glenn Greenwald, was with us. And next week, uh, we have the honor of speaking to former Defense Secretary William Perry, who is an expert at uh, nuclear proliferation. Our producers, well, you know this, they swing from the right to the left and then back again in an effort to balance out our coverage and also to make sure that we explore every possible solution to the issues that we face. One of the reasons we need to examine all points of view is that our problems have become extremely complicated. They have many layers and nuances to them and also long-range repercussions that we don't always think through or plan for. We often oversimplify these problems and we find ourselves backed into a corner, as in the case of Vietnam or an endless engagement in the Middle East which has no clear stated objective. From the causes and remedy of climate change to the flow of money into politics, racism, trade relations, how to handle mounting government debt, these are complicated puzzles. And depending on your point of view, uh, you will not only see these challenges differently, but also have different solutions to them. Now, Mr. Carville sees the world from a democratic point of view. And, and uh, as I was a scientist long before I became a radio host, I tend to look at things logically. And in fact, I'm, I'm often rightly accused of being a data wonk and being too analytical. It's true that having too much information can get in the way of making a decision, which is incidentally why I would make a very poor leader and and I will I should never consider public office. <laughs> Some of you have been kind enough to encourage me, but uh, I, I would not make a very good uh, government leader. I'm afraid I'd always want more information and I'd also want more time to 
think through every possible ramification. And in today's fast-paced world where news travels around the globe in a single Twitter feed, uh, that's just not the kind of leader that we need. That said, there is one thing I do bring to the table as a scientist and, and that, that I think is useful, and that is a reluctance, a hesitancy to judge. I, I don't cast away ideas and information before I've heard them out and I feel I really understand them and the point of view of the person that's, that's communicating them. And that means opening myself up to some pretty wild assertions at times. Uh, but by doing so, um, there's something that I have learned. What I've learned is that there are very few things that are mutually exclusive, far fewer than we think. We don't have to make one idea, one ideology, one religion, race, sex, one country wrong in order for the other to be right. Many listeners today will recall that there was a time when Einstein's theory of relativity and Newton's theory of gravity clashed. Mathematically, we knew they could not both be correct. Now imagine if scientists had muscled each other until they came to an agreement to throw one out. Uh, luckily, that didn't happen. Instead, scientists agreed that the two theories were both valid, and uh, we just didn't have the knowledge or understand how they worked together at the time. But, but there was no need to make one of the theories wrong. In this same way, experts who view our problems from the left and right are not, in my view, wrong. They're not stupid or misguided or even underinformed. They simply have a point of view. And that point of view colors how they see our problems and also what we should do about them. But if there is one thing political leaders can learn from scientists, it's this. That even when there are extreme disagreements as to how to approach a complex scientific challenge, there is always respect and curiosity about the other's point of view. We scientists learn from each other's mistakes and successes, and we build upon what has gone before. We build upon those mistakes and successes with every successive experiment. We know that every dead end, every miscalculation and failure brings us one step closer to unlocking another piece of the mystery. And so we benefit from opposition, from diversity, from different points of view. This is the reason the very best scientists are those who are slow to judge or reject any idea that has not been thoroughly examined. And frankly, given the way the two presidential candidates and parties have been squaring off, it seems to me that we might be able to use a few more scientists and a lot more respect in politics today. Science, you know, as a scientist, I have to tell you, I, I look at politics in a very, very different way. I see it as being more about personalities this year, more about style, style more about culture than I do about the facts. And so even though I am an independent and I am not a Democrat, I took the time to read James Carville's book. And, and I didn't let the title, which you heard me say right to his face, I, I don't think it's the right title because I think fewer people will read it as a result of the title. I think if you say, we're right and you're wrong, <laughs> you're probably disenfranchised half the reading audience. But I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say, give the book a chance. Give the book a chance, even if you disagree with Carville. And here's the reason why I'm going to tell you to, to give it a chance. Uh, because it's got some facts in there that you will want to know and facts that you should have. And they're facts that are inarguable. They're statistics about job growth, manufacturing jobs, about income, uh, right down to income of uh, different people in different de de demographics. And I think that that's something that you should really have before you start arguing at the dinner uh, table. So, uh so let me just put that out there. Uh, don't be uh, don't be dissuaded by the title. Uh, give the book a chance, and, uh, and and particularly if you're not a Democrat, I recommend that you get the book so that you can get some of the facts that Democrats uh, are, will, will likely be using, and that you'll hear more about as the campaign uh, comes closer to the final inning. 
And that's just about the end of our first hour. Uh, if your station is leaving us and you do have a question or a comment to make about our interview with James Carville, remember you can always email me at RebeccaCosta.com. You can also drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We're all over the Internet. Again, I want to remind you that my uh, Internet um, web address is RebeccaCosta.com. Easy to remember, my name uh, dot com and it'll take you straight over to a contact page when you get to the contact page there's a big white box there and you just can type in any of your comments we do answer every single email that comes our way i don't know how we do it but we do and if you happen to miss the full interview with carville you can download the entire episode from our website at rebeccacosta.com apple itunes Podbean and also our YouTube channel. So, and and by the way, when you're at the website, be sure you take a moment to register. Uh, the first thing that comes up is a registration form that allows you to just plug in your email address so that you'll get our monthly newsletter. And in the monthly newsletter, we uh, give you the bios and some information about every single guest that's going to be appearing that month. So, uh, be sure that you uh, take a moment to, to uh, take a look at the uh, monthly email newsletter uh, and th that you register for that newsletter. You just don't want to miss it. It's got a lot of helpful information in there, and it's got links uh, back to where you can purchase books at discounts and so on and so forth. Uh, and that pretty much is going to wrap up our first hour. I want you to stay tuned for the second hour because, as you know, uh, Bill Graff and Charles Friedman will be joining us for our weekly roundtable. My guest next week is former Secretary of Defense William Perry. He'll be here to talk about North Korea, Iran, and the growing threat of nuclear war, as well as what the next president must do to stop that proliferation. That's William Perry next week right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 